Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, folks, we, we live in a we really live in a culture of options. Wouldn't you believe that? Don't you know that? I mean, it, it's, it's ingrained in us. I mean, I can remember, how many of you remember years ago, the commercial from Burger King? Some of you probably weren't even born when they came up. Have it your way. Do you remember that? And a wonderful thing about Burger King as compared to McDonald's is you just couldn't go and, although you can do that now, is go to them and say, I want a cheeseburger plain, no pickle, no, no, you know. At Burger King prided itself on being able to build your burger the way you wanted it. So they said, have it your way. And that used to be the lingo, the slogan, have it your way. And and to be honest with you, that's so reflective of our culture. You're used to having it what? Your way. Everything is that way now. Have it your way. In fact, that's that's the whole premise of customer service, is delivering to you the way you want it. And, 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 and it's also the customer is always right. Have you heard that? The customer is always right. Even though the customer is not always right, but supposedly he is. That's the culture we live in. And so we expect, to be honest with you, options. So for instance, do you like cereal? I love cereal. You ever been to the cereal aisle at Walmart? Walk down? I mean, they got a whole two sides of cereal. And we're not just talking cornflakes anymore. I can remember growing up and, and thinking having booberry and frankenberry was cool. Now you've got all kinds of stuff. Two aisles. You know what I'm saying? Because you've got options. Not just oatmeal. You can have bacon-flavored oatmeal now. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, seriously. And bacon-flavored icing. Really? Oh, that's sick. You know what I'm saying? But we've got all kinds of... That's our culture. I remember the significance of that hitting us when Lori and I first moved up to Canada. And we're used to shopping around here. I mean, we were living in Indiana, and you had Shop and Save, and you had Giant Eagle, and, and you had even Walmart, and you had all the... We moved up to Canada, and we're used to so much. And then we go to Canada, and we were shocked at how little the selection was. The options weren't as many. Do you remember that, Lori? The options weren't as many. Because we're in a culture of options. Now here's the problem. We take that cultural mindset that we have here of options and we bring it over to our Christianity. We think that we should have just as many options in our walk with God. We think that, oh yeah, he saved me. Oh yeah, he's forgiven me. But I can still do what I want to do. And yeah, there's some truth to that. You can still do what you want to do, but you need to understand there's a bottom line. There's something that God calls you to. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and, and you need to recognize that what he calls you to, he's calling you to do that, and there are no options. And the op- other option, well, yeah, I guess there is two options. The other options is consequences. And, and we understand that. I remember growing up as a kid. I remember 16 years old, got my license, Started going out on Friday night with my buddies and stuff. But my dad had one rule. 
You use my vehicle. You live in my house. You have to be home by 11 o'clock. And, and, and I feared my dad, so guess what I did? At 11 o'clock, I was home. I wasn't one minute late. And I can remember, I would always get home, and I would walk back to the back, to the bed, because Dad would be laying in bed with the TV on, watching, getting ready to watch Carson or somebody. And I would knock on the door. Yeah, I'm home, Daddy. Okay, get to bed. we got to do a lot in the morning. you know. And I would be home by 11, because my Daddy would say, there ain't no sense staying out past 11 because you just get nothing but trouble. I didn't want to tell him you can get in trouble before 11, too. So, I mean, <laughs> did you know what I'm saying? So, and there was no options. There was no, if, if I was late, I guess there was an option. It was called getting in trouble. This is what we, we need to understand. We think we have all these choices with Christianity, but following Jesus isn't that way. In fact, what we're going to see today is in this passage, he's going to sum it up. He's really not giving them many choices. In fact, some of the words he says, can I be honest with you? You're actually going to be shocked at because they seem kind of hard. Like, really, Jesus? Are you saying that? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Because he's given us the bottom line. So notice with me what he says. We're going to look at verse 32 through 42. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men... Him will I also confess before my Father who is in heaven. Whoever denies me before men, him will I also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be of those of his own household. He who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves his sons or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my name's sake will find it. He who receives you receives me. He who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. I'm going to be honest with you folks, when we look at these verses, these 11 verses here, they're almost kind of difficult to grasp. What in the world is Jesus saying here? I mean, some of the things, holy cow, what's he saying? Folks, I'm telling you what he's saying here is the bottom line. And we're going to break it down so that you and I can see what's going on here. First of all, we're going to see that there's an issue of a choice. There is a choice you and I have to make. We're going to see that in verse 32 and 33. Then we're going to see Jesus' purpose. Oftentimes we're confused about what Jesus' purpose is. He's going to flat out tell you what his purpose is. We're going to see that in verses 34 through 36. And then we're going to see the call to commitment. 
We're going to see what the bottom line is, what he calls each and every one of you and us to, to if we say we're followers of Jesus. We're going to see the call to commitment. So let's look at it. Let's look at the choice. It's right off the bat. Verse 32, 33. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him will I also confess before my Father who is in heaven. Whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Let's talk about the issue of choice. Here's what he's saying. We have a choice concerning acknowledging Jesus with our lives. We have a choice concerning acknowledging Jesus with our lives. Bottom line, you and I face this choice every day. You face it at work. You face it at school. You face it with your family. You face it at Walmart. You face it every day. The choice about whether or not you're going to acknowledge Jesus Christ to others Every day with your life. Let me just stop for a moment. Some of you are saying, George, what are you saying? That I'm faced with a choice where I have to proclaim I'm a follower of Jesus with my lips every day? No, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. There might be instances where you might have to make a choice about whether or not to identify yourself as a believer verbally to somebody, but that's not what I'm talking about. That's just one aspect. You and I face choices every day about whether or not we're going to acknowledge Jesus Christ to the world around us every day. What do you mean? It's whether or not you cheat somebody out of something. Whether or not you're nasty to a clerk while you're wearing your Kerwinsville Christian Church t-shirt, which says, a church of real people. Do you understand what I'm saying? We face choices every day about whether or not to acknowledge Jesus with our life or not. And it's easy to be able to say, oh, I love Jesus. But no, that's not really where the rubber meets the road. It's how you carry out your life and what he calls you to every day. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, that's really, can I be honest with you? That's really why I did a podcast about why people think the church is filled with hypocrites. Because they look at the way we live and they realize that we're judgmental about everybody else and telling them how to live when we ourselves are doing the same things, right? See, we have a choice concerning acknowledging Jesus with our lives. And I don't have to really go deep there. I don't have to explain that with you because immediately as I'm saying that, maybe the Holy Spirit's bringing a memory of something that happened. And you had a choice of either doing what God called you to do or doing what you wanted to do. And you either denied him or acknowledged him with your life in that instance. you know what I'm saying? And listen, here's the thing. You need to understand this. Jesus says that every idle word will be brought into judgment. He says that later in this passage in Matthew. What's that talking about? Hey, have you, how many of you have said something stupid this week? There's a few brave souls here. I can almost guarantee you I've said many dumb things. Just even yesterday, my wife said to me, do you realize what you just said? That was dumb. She's just bold enough to tell me. You remember that, don't you? Okay. You either just, now you turn around and ask it like a question. How many of you have said dumb stuff this week? How many of you have forgotten the dumb stuff you've said this week? Jesus said he'll bring every idle word into judgment. See, here's the thing I need you to understand. We have a choice to live our lives in such a way that we acknowledge Christ or we deny him. Because here's why. Here's what Jesus says. Our choice will determine his acknowledgement of us. 
our choice will determine whether or not Jesus acknowledges us. That's, that's to me, is it, that's, that's kind of scary, isn't it? Our choice about whether or not we live our lives in a way that he calls us to will determine whether or not he acknowledges us before the Father. And, and you know, here's, and, and just so that you don't read too much into it, I think the point is the implication of this. Like, how many, how many of you have ever done something really dumb with family? And it's family reunion time. And I always hated this as a boy. Whenever my relatives from North Carolina would come down to see us in South Carolina, because we lived in South Carolina, they were from Eastern North Carolina, and, and they would come and visit us, and the clan is gathered there, the Cannon clan is gathered there, and, and my dad would say, would you believe what Georgie did? And, and he would just be like spilling out the beans about something dumb I did. Now, I'm feeling at that moment, what do you think I'm feeling? Embarrassment. I'm feeling this big, looking for a hole to crawl into, looking for a way to get out of there because my aunts are there, my uncles are there, and, and you know how it is when somebody, bring, especially when the older ones bring that up, they just don't sit there and say, oh, well, that's too bad. They want to talk about it a while. Well, yeah, I remember when my little one did that, and boy, I, mean, that, I can't believe George did that. You know, do you know what I'm saying? That's called embarrassing, isn't it? You see, listen, I think we can understand. When we deny Christ, the implication is when we deny him, he's going to deny us. The denial that he gives is with the Father. What's the implication there? He wants us to bear shame. That's a word we don't use in our culture very much anymore, is it? He wants us to be ashamed about not living for him. That's really what the issue is here. So let's go on. He goes on a little bit further now, and he's going to talk about what his purpose is. In fact, this is what blows my mind. When I read it, even when I was studying that, even though I, uh, I knew the statement, and I've read it so many times before, every time I read it, it just kind of blows me away. Look at what Jesus says. Look with me, verse 34. Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Whoa! Folks, that's Jesus. See, we've got this concept of Jesus that he just wants everybody to be peaceful. He just wants everybody to be loving each other. Can't we all just love each other? No, Jesus comes along and he says, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. I came, here's the point I want you to see, Jesus came to be divisive. Now that word divisive, can I be honest with you, that's really in church culture a bad word. Because we really don't want to be divisive. We don't want to cause divisions. But Jesus is coming along and he's saying here, I came to cause a problem. That's basically what he's saying here. I didn't come just for everybody to love each other and to have peace and, and just get along with each other. He's, that's not his point here. He came to create a problem. He came to be the problem that's going to create a division. Maybe you've never thought of that before. In fact, let's just stop for a moment. Because if you think about it for a moment, it might explain a lot. What do you mean, George? You ever been in a workplace, group of people, maybe you're gathered around for a break? And somehow the subject of your belief in your Christianity comes up. Have you ever noticed that immediately the room divides into three groups of people? 
There might be a small group, maybe one or two individuals that would say, yeah, I believe in Jesus too. But then there's another group that really, oh yeah, that's fine, we're you, whatever. They don't care. It's the I don't care group. And then there's a third group, and the third group is the group that says, are you kidding me? You would believe that? Well, you're nothing but a bigot. Or you're, you're totally, what's it, some kind of crutch for you? All of it happened because one thing came up. One name came up. Jesus. Do you understand now what he's saying here? Jesus knew from the very beginning that he would be, listen to me, a very divisive factor. He didn't come to bring peace. He came to bring a sword. He came to bring a sword. In fact, here's what he says, and I've witnessed this. I've seen this in my own life. The issue of Jesus will cause divisions within families. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know personally this. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because the moment that you came to Christ, you were excited about having salvation in Jesus and you shared it with some family member and they to this day do not understand why you made that decision. In fact, they may even look at you as being some kind of traitor, like you turned your back on them or turned your back because all of a sudden you started going to another church and maybe they were going to a church and, and all of a sudden you made a bad decision. You're the one who changed. In fact, they'll even say things like that. You changed. See, Jesus is coming right out and saying there's a bottom line to following him because the fact of the matter is, is you've got to make that choice. Are you going to acknowledge him with your life or not? But here's the thing. Here's my purpose. I come along to be divisive, and I'm even divisive within families. See, that's where rubber meets the road. Have, have you, let me just stop for a moment. That really upends our gospel presentations, don't it? Here's, here's the gospel. God has a wonderful plan for your life. Have you heard that one? It's four spiritual laws. God has a wonderful plan for your life. Here's the plan for your life. Some of your family are going to get ticked off at you and reject you. What a wonderful plan. we got to think about how we're presenting it. Everything's going to be wonderful when you turn to Jesus. Really? I think we need to be a little bit more realistic than that, don't we? Yeah, it's going to be hard. Yeah, it's not going to be acceptable to some. But the reward later on with Christ is so much better. So much better. So then he calls us to commitment. Here, He's laying it on the line. Here, I, I, Here's one thing you can't say about Jesus. You cannot say that Jesus didn't tell you what it was going to be like to follow him. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's a preacher who doesn't tell you or somebody else who doesn't tell you. But if you read God's Word, if you read the Gospels especially, Jesus tells you what it's going to be like to follow Him. Bottom line. Jesus tells you. So here's the call to commitment. Here's the call to commitment. I'm going to read it to you one more time. It's verses 37 through 42. He who loves his father and mother more than me is not worthy, not worthy of me. And he who loves his son and daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose his life. He who loses his life for my name's sake will find it. He who receives you receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. 
He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in mind in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. What's going on here, George? Well, let's see what we're saying here. First of all, in what seems to be some very radical terms, He's calling us to something. Look at this, this is radical. I'll just read it to you again because some of you are like, what? Are you kidding me? Look at what he says. He who loves his father and mother more than me is not worthy, worthy of me. He who loves the son and daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Wait a minute, George. I got a hard time with that one because I love my mama and my daddy. What's he calling me to here? Or, or here's one, here's George. I love my kids. I mean, we just had a discussion yesterday. I was talking about one of my kids and my tendency is I want to rescue. Okay? That's, that's just a family trait in the Cannon household. Rescue. Thank God I'm married to Lori because she can rein me in and say, no, 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 you can't, he's got to learn. Okay, and, and and I want to rescue. So, Jesus, you're telling me I can't love my kids? What are you saying? All right, before you freak out, let me tell you what he's saying, okay? Because your initial reaction is to freak out, right? Here's what he's saying. Jesus calls his followers to make him our first love. That's what he's talking about here. Jesus is calling us to... He's not telling you not to love your parents. He's not telling you not to love your kids. But what he's telling you is, is that there's a problem when you make your kids or your parents more important than Jesus. That's what he's talking about. What he's saying is, you love me more than them. And folks, you can get to that point. Like, I love my kids. I love my wife. I love my mom. I love my in-laws. But I love Jesus more. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you've got to be there. You've got to be there. That's what he's calling you to. See, we want all the options. We want to be able to, whatever, in this circumstance, be able to. No, God's not calling you to options. He's calling you to, do you love me or not? If I got the first place in your life, and let's be honest with us, folks, for some of us, God's, we got a list of loves, but he's not at the top. He's somewhere down at number 10 or number 6 or number 3. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and some of you got job up at number 1. Or you've got something else up there. Do you, do you understand? Or your hobby or whatever. Because here's the thing. You could say you love kids and parents, but you still got the other things before that. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? He's saying, I want to be the one at the top of your love list. That's what he's calling us to. Here's the other thing he says. Look with me at verse 38. And he who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. 
Listen, he calls his followers to willingly follow him. It's about willingly following him. He's not, nobody needs to bend your arm. Your mama doesn't need to bend your arm. Your grandma doesn't need to bend your arm to follow Jesus. In fact, he doesn't want you following him if you're doing it by compulsion like that. He wants you to willingly take up your own cross. Let me just tell you something. He's not talking about a piece of jewelry. In Jesus' day, when they talk about taking up a cross, they're talking about an instrument of death. Dying to yourself and following Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? Being willing to sacrifice to follow him. Whatever that might be. Be willing to sacrifice. He, he, he calls his followers to willingly follow him. Here's the other thing he does. Look at me at verse 39. He who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my name's sake will find it. Here's what he's saying. He calls his followers to lose in order to gain. See, Jesus calls us to lose in order to gain. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we, we know what Jesus is calling us to, that he's calling us to lose stuff in our life, to give up stuff. And some of you, you're holding on to it. You're like, oh, I can't give this up. You don't understand. I gotta keep this in my life. I gotta keep this habit. I gotta keep this sin issue. I got, don't you understand? If I don't have this, I don't have anything. And he's saying to you, you give it up in order for you to gain your life. See, that's what it's called to be a that's what the bottom line is of following Jesus. Sometimes you got to give up the stuff. Here's the last thing he tells us here in this section. He tells his followers that the reaction to them is the, a reaction to him. It's a mouthful. I'll say it again. He tells his followers that the reaction to them is a reaction to him. Here's the thing, because here's what happens. We don't want to follow him. We're afraid of acknowledging him before others. We want to seek our own life, and, and, and therefore we lose it rather than gain it. It's because we're afraid of what others, are, how they're going to react to us. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the bottom line. We don't want anybody not liking us. I have not yet met a person yet who says, oh, I just love everybody hating me. Ever met somebody like that? No, because everybody wants everybody to like them, right? By the way, if you meet somebody like that, refer him out to a counselor, okay? He needs help, all right? Seriously, because there's something wrong there, all right? And so it's only natural that we're going to... And so what happens is because we want everybody to like us, guess what takes the second seat in our life, our Christianity? Because we're afraid of the reactions. We're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of somebody slamming us verbally or whatever. And here's what Jesus is saying. So that you understand, whoever receives you, receives me. And the one who sent me. See, the point is, the reaction to them is a reaction to Jesus. So the guy who rejects you, can I be honest with you? Don't you own it personally. Because he's not rejecting you, he's rejecting who? Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, it feels awful, personal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jesus is letting you feel what he feels. See, this is the reality. This is the bottom line. You say, boy, you make it awfully hard to want to follow Jesus. He's just telling you the truth. 
But blessed are you if you still follow him. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.